You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Good evening. How are we doing? Glad you're here. Glad you're here, whether you're here in your living room or anywhere on the globe. Uh, it's just been awesome how God has kind of stretched the reach of the creek around the world, and we have people joining in from so many different places. So whatever place you find yourself in, thank you for being here with us tonight. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being here. And um, I, I just, uh, I, I got to share a story before we get into this message, because if you've looked at the, your version, which is an app, that's free, and we put our notes in version. So if you have the Bible app called version, you can go to events, and you'll see that we put all of our fill-ins. See, uh, back in the day, you know, back in the day before COVID, uh, we used to print out these things called worship guides, and we would touch it, and we would hand it to you, and you would touch it, and you would fill in the blanks. Now we just put that on an app called Version, and the blanks are already filled in. So if you've already looked at that, you know what kind of message is coming tonight. And uh, so I, I just want to encourage you to listen and lock in with God. And, and, and this story came to my mind like as I was walking, walking up. And, and uh, one night there was a guy like late at night slipping through the TV. He's sitting in his living room um, late at night. He's eating a bag of Cheetos. And, and so he's just chomping on some Cheetos, he's flipping through the channels, and he comes across this pastor on TV. And the pastor starts talking, and, and the guy starts like, man, I, I feel like he's talking to me. And he goes, I feel like God has something to say to you out there. And I'm, I'm talking to somebody out there. Matter of fact, right now, you're sitting alone in your living room. And the guy's like, that's me. And he said, and, and, and what, you're eating Cheetos. And the guy's like, that, he's talking to me. And he says, and God wants you to know this. He wants you to hear this. Write a check for $1,000 and send it to me. He goes, yeah, he's talking to somebody else. <laughs> so God has something to say to you tonight and, and tomorrow and, and every day of our life. And, and, and I just want to encourage you to let God speak to you as we get into this. Um, we're, we're talking about breaking the cycle. We all get in cycles in our life. We get, I'm, I'm trying to break a cycle right now. It's called the COVID eating pattern. And, and I thought, hey, this will be great for a couple weeks back in March. Months later, I'm like, I got to do something about this. We have gone out of control. And so Heather has brought the, the, the lockdown, the smackdown back in our house. And it's, it's diet time. And it's, it's tracking everything. And, and I just, I want chocolate. I want gravy. I want all this. You know, it's amazing. We get in these cycles of what we eat. And then we got to figure out how to break the cycles. You know, we, we, we were out of the gym. I, I'm going back to the gym. I don't know if you're back at the gym yet, but I'm back at the gym because I need help. And, and, and I remember thinking, uh, I, I could work out at my house. And then I was sitting there eating Cheetos, <laughs> asking myself, why? So I got out of a habit of working out, and I had to break that cycle. It's so, we get into these cycles, and... and and the, the, the only way to get out of a cycle that you're stuck in, listen, is to break the cycle. Something has to change. And, and Psalm 51 is we're going to be, go to get, if you've got your Bible, go to Psalm 51. Um, and you can follow along on, our, on your screen, on our screen. And uh, we want the Word of God in front of you. If you've got your own Bible, I encourage you to make notes in it. But Psalm 51 is written by David. And, and I, I think God has something very important for us to work through 
individually and collectively. This is David getting honest about his sin. This series of, of psalms that we're going through is called Honest Conversations. And God desperately wants to have honest conversations with us. He knows exactly where our heart is. He knows exactly what we're wrestling with. And, and he wants us to get honest with, with, with first ourselves and then get honest with him. And this is, this is David getting honest and dealing with his sin. And, and he's dealing with a, a sense of guilt and a, a sense of distance from God. And, and he's just struggling in his relationship. And, and, and what happens is um, David wrote this psalm after being uh, confronted by Nathan, the prophet. And, so, and that's in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 12. I highly encourage you to read it. So David had gotten caught up in a thing with Bathsheba. And then this, this extensive cover-up where he was actually uh, just in a cycle of sin where, where, it, where one led to another that led, and he's just, we, we can all get caught up in a cycle of sin. Every one of us can. And, and Nathan comes to him and, and he gets honest with him. And, and David, David hears him and, and David repents. He, he was broken. He was guilty. He was distanced from God. And, and this is his honest conversation after that interaction with Nathan. Someone who loved him enough to speak honestly to him, and David could hear it and get honest. He got honest with Nathan, and he got honest with God, and this is, this is what he penned. Um, he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to the steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, and mercy means compassion, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you might be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. What, what he means by that is, is that the, the judgment that you have against me, God, is just. What you are speaking is right. And he says, uh, you are justified, God. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the, in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. O God of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion and your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. What David is saying is I've got to get my heart right here. I, I, he knew his sin. He knew it. And now Nathan knew it, and Nathan came and confronted him with it, and he confronted him with it in love and honesty, and he said, this is an issue, this has got to be dealt with. And, and, and David starts going through this, and, and to set this whole thing up to understand the cycle is, is, is in verse 5, he says, I was born into this. 
I was born forth in iniquity. Every one of us, listen to me, every one of us are not born good. We're born broken. We're born into a cycle. And, and, and I, got, I got real creative this week. And I, I've, I've, I was just praying. I was like, God, help me visualize this. And in my notes, I, I handwrite all of my messages and then I convert them to a text. And I'm, in my notes, I'm, I'm drawing circles and I'm drawing cycles. And this is the cycle that we're born into. I call it the cycle of committing sin, that you and I are born into it. And we just, that's just our nature. That's what we continue to do. Our identity is that of disconnected from God outside of a relationship with Christ. It's what we do. And listen, it's who we are. But we don't stay there. David comes about with this psalm, and, and David's made aware of it. He's confronted honestly, and he breaks the cycle. There has to be something to break the cycle. And to break the cycle, the first thing that I, that I see in this life of David and that, that I have to work through is I have to recognize the sin. I have to be willing to not just know it's there, but I have to, give, I have to recognize it. I, I know the things that I do wrong but I have to recognize the wrong in the things that I'm doing. Did, did you get that? We all know we do wrong things, but we have to recognize the wrong in the things that we're doing. And that brings about this, this awareness of where we're at. It brings an awareness of our sin. We've got to get honest about our sin and recognize it for what it is, that it is something that keeps us disconnected from God. It is something that hinders relationship. I mean, David, David is, is, is speaking of things of sin. In verse 2 and 3, he says, my transgressions. A transgression means an act of rebellion. It means I know what I should and shouldn't do, and yet I'm going to rebel against you, God, and I'm going to do what I want to do. I mean, there's been times in my life that I'm like, God, I know what, you, what you're asking me to do, but I, I'm going to do this. And God says, that, that's a transgression. You you. You've gone again. You're rebelling against my, my will and, and, and how I'm walk, wanting you to walk through life. I mean, there, there have been times in ministry that, that I just, I'm just ready to quit. I mean, we're having honest conversations, right? I mean, the, over the last four or five months, the temptation to just walk away from it all has not been greater than in the previous years of my ministry. And it's hard. And I know it. You, you have a hard time. You're having a difficult time. We're, it's all difficult right now. And I remember, you know, in, in kind of one of my, my pity party moments, I was telling Heather, I was like, I think I can just go do something else. And she said, Heather's like the Holy Spirit 2.0 in our <laughs> house. She looks at me and she says, is that what God's calling you to do? Like, no, that's what Matt's wanting to do. <laughs> She's like, well, okay, well, you just need to pray about it. <laughs> you know, why don't you go hear from God? And, and so we, we all transgress against God. We all know things, like, but I'm doing it anyway. And if we stay in that cycle, we become an abuser of grace, really. If you're a Christ follower, if you've, if you've truly accepted Christ in your life, and that's the cycle we stay in, we become abusers of grace because we're like, you're going to forgive me. You're faithful and just to forgive me, so I'm going to keep doing it. Paul would make an argument that if that's our attitude and our mentality, he would say, I would question whether or not you've ever been saved. 
Have you ever really experienced the grace of God? And then he says iniquity. That's inward crookedness. It's missing the mark. And there's times that we just go through life and I miss the mark. You know, and, 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 and this week, that, that, that temptation has been there so much. It just seems like I'm having so many struggles driving. Well, I'm not having trouble driving. Everyone around me is having trouble driving because this week I've been cussed at. I've been flipped off. And I, I, I was just in my lane, y'all. I mean, I mean that, that, just people cutting me off and then I honk at them. I'm letting them know. Hey, I'm here. And they wave at me with the single finger salute, you know, and I'm just like, what is it this week? And I'll tell you, there's something that happens inside of me when that, I mean, I just, I like, hey, I've got a bigger car than you. I mean, it just, and so there's times I just missed the mark. I might not have said something to them, but I thought it. And God's like, hey, you're just as guilty. I was like, well, I might as well should have said it then. <laughs> no, because then you'd be rebelling. Then you would have iniquity and a transgression just while you're trying to go to the store. But David recognizes this, and, and, and what David also recognizes is that sin affects. He's recognizing the effects of sin in his life. Uh, sin just doesn't affect us spiritually where it hinders. So we're, sin, we're born into it. it dis, it's disconnected our relationship with God. The only way with a, for a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ, and we submit to his grace and his mercy. And even in that grace and mercy, we still struggle with sin. We fight this flesh, and, and it doesn't just hinder our connection with God. It, it, it messes with everything around us. I mean, listen to some of the things David talks about. He, in, in verse 17, his heart was hardened. He, he says that, that this heart that is, is, is broken, um, he's asking for it to be softened, softened, and his heart was broken. Verse three, his eyes, he said, I see my sin. It is always before me. It's amazing when, we've, when we come into recognition of our sinful state or something that's continuing to perpetuate a cycle in our life that's brokenness and disconnectedness from God, it just stays in front of us. It's all we see. That becomes the lens that we look at everything in the world around us with. And, and, and it, it just goes on from there. It's, it's verse 8. He says, it's, it's my ears. He says, let me hear joy and gladness. When we're stuck in the cycle of sin, we don't hear joy and gladness. As a matter of fact, what we do is we start trying to hear what everyone is saying about us because we perceive that they know everything about our sin and we're trying to hear what they're saying so we can give a rebuttal or we can stand our case. It affects our ears and what we hear. We don't hear joy. We go on the defensive with that. Even in verse 8, he says, the bones that you have broken. When I was praying through this and I was studying, it's like, it's not just broken like snap. It's like crushed. It's the pressure. We feel that. And we begin to feel the weightiness of our sin and it begins to affect us. In verse 11, or verse 15, he talks about the mouth. He said, oh, Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Nothing shuts the mouth of a Christian like unconfessed sin. We just, well, I better not, I better not just talk. I'm just not, not going to say anything. And when somebody's talking about a, an issue or, or dealing with, God's dealing with them and something, we just shut down. We just shut down. We can't speak God's goodness because we realize, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a good relationship right now. I'm not in a good place right now. And it, it just shuts our mouths. Verse 11, it hinders our connection when he says, don't take the Holy Spirit from me. Here's what you need to know. The Holy Spirit never leaves a believer. But we can hinder relationship. Like Heather and I made a vow till death do us part. And there are times that I have done things that, that the peace in the house isn't where it should be. 
but I know she's not leaving. We, we, we maintain connection, but it's, it's a little difficult. And it's solved by two words, I'm sorry, right? Or two other words, you're right, you know? Or two more words, I'm wrong. And then we resolve it by, love you. But the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us, but he's feeling that disconnect in the relationship that things aren't going well. And that's the cycle that sin takes us into. But the beautiful thing about the grace and the mercy of God, his great compassion, is he loves you too much to leave you there. He doesn't want us to stay in that. And the Holy Spirit starts to work in us and bring conviction. And so there's something else that, that has to happen. And conviction comes in, and that begins to break the cycle. So we get out of this, this cycle. And if, when you look at it, conviction hits, and there's an awareness and recognition of our sin. The first time that conviction hits and we break out is, is salvation is that moment that we trust the mercy and the grace of God and a new life begins in us. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. He makes his dwelling among us. We become a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're brand new. We've got the spirit of adoptions as sons of God, that everything is different now, ongoing. Look, because we still get in, we still fight sin. Ongoing, when the Holy Spirit brings conviction, it's for, for uh, conviction and growth. I don't want you to stay here. We still struggle with things, and the Holy Spirit wants to gently move us through getting out of the cycle of committing sin and bringing the confession of sin into, the, in, into, the, into play here. It breaks us out of the cycle of sin that gets us into the compassion and the mercy and the grace of God, and that awareness leads to an honest conversation of going, God, you're right. Your judgment against me is just. The way you feel, the way I'm breaking your heart with my sin, it, you're, you're right in feeling that way. And I want to deal with this. I want to I move past this. And, and the second thing is we, once we recognize that and there's an awareness, we got to deal with it. The, this dealing with it, the recognition of our sin is going to lead to an action. And inaction is an action. Our decision to not do anything about our sin is a definite action to say I'm not going to trust the mercy and compassion of God. It's, it's saying nothing is saying everything, right? And we've got to deal with, listen, if you don't deal with your sin, it's going to deal with you. And it'll keep you in that cycle. And this, this David is getting honest, man. He gets honest with, with Nathan. In 2 Samuel 12, verse 13, they go through the whole thing, and, and, and David says this. He says, I've sinned against the Lord. And David said, the Lord has put away your sin, and you shall not die. Now listen to me. Forgiveness is appropriated in that moment, but there can still be consequences of sin. We get into this habit of thinking, well, well I asked for forgiveness. I said, I'm sorry. Why can't I get off the hook for all of my actions? Sin still carries, look, Jesus took the penalty for our sin, but there's still consequences. And, and David, there was a consequence to David's sin. I mean, verse 14 of that chapter tells of David's consequence. The son that was born into this, the child that was born into this will die. And people go, well, I can't believe God would be so, no, no, no. Sin will carry consequences. I mean, if I, go, if I go out and sin, I go out and break the law, 
I, I, I was having that moment today of like, what should I say? I'm already rehearsing a speech because I'm driving to, to, to church to preach. And I'm, I'm like, got worship music going. I'm like praying. I'm like getting in the zone. And I look up, there's a police car behind me. I was like, ooh, uh, ooh. I mean, and you can't lie to the police officer on your way to preach, okay? I mean, I just, but if I'm breaking the law, there's a consequence to it. I mean, I'll say, I'm sorry, and he'll go, okay, I forgive you, but here, there's still going to be a fine. I didn't get pulled over, praise God. I mean, the angels of the Lord protected me and everything, but I wasn't speeding at all. But, but, but there, there are going to be consequences, and David gets honest with God. He spoke out of that awareness, and he confesses to God when he says, your judgment against me is just. Confession is this. It means agreeing with God. God, I agree that my sin is, is creating all of these issues in my life. I agree there's a cycle here that needs to be broken, and you're the one that helps me break it. You're the one that just sets it, up, sets it off. And, and when we confess, see, confession leads to forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 says that God is faithful. He's just to forgive. God is faithful. When, when, we walk, when we walk away, when we rebel, when we miss the mark, God says, I'm not going anywhere. I promise my presence to be with you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm faithful. And he's just. That, that He's the only one that can judge our sins from a just perspective because of his perfection and in his faithfulness and his just nature. When we come to him in confession, he forgives us. He throws it as far as the east is from the west. He says, I will remember it no more. I remember thinking sometimes to God, I, I, I did it again. And, and God's like, no, I don't, I don't have that lyric. God says, I don't hear, oops, I did it again. God says, you did this, I forgave it. You did this, I forgive it. And we, we, we begin, to begin to deal with the sin. He says, he, this is where David gets honest with him. He says, have mercy on me. Wash me, purge me, blot me, clean me, restore me, deliver me. He's speaking words of confession, but in verse 17, I want you to notice this. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. It's not the words we say. It's the heart behind the words. It, it, it's like, I grew, up, I grew up with two older sisters and a younger brother. So conflict was a normal thing in my, my, my house because, you know, with my older sisters, it was always these emotional battles, right? I mean, I would just rather get in a fist fight growing up with my sister. I mean, she'd probably, she'd probably win. But I would just rather get in that kind of fight because, I mean, like, they'll say something, and for three days, you're trying to figure out what that really meant. <laughs> my brother and I, we just punch each other and go on about it, you know? But when we get caught by mom and dad in these spats and these arguments, they would always tell us to do what? Apologize. And so what would you do? You'd be like, sorry. And then what would mom do? Say it like you mean it. So you're like, sorry. But inside the defiance, it's like, I'm not sorry. I'm ready to go at you again. And God says, I, I see your heart. I know your heart. That's what I want to deal with. Don't just come to me with words. Because David says, I could offer sacrifice, but that's not what you want. You want my heart. And we, 
we, we, we start speaking these words with no meaning, and God says, that's not an honest conversation, Matt. That's not an honest conversation. I'm speaking to you, and I'm wanting you to speak to me from your heart, not just because you know I, I, I want to save you. I want to forgive you. I did everything. I sent my only son. He stepped down from glory to walk into humanity to take a cross and the penalty of sin so you could be forgiven. I've done everything to get forgiveness to you. I want you to feel it. I want you to speak honestly to me. I want you to engage with it, not just a, a vocabulary of externals like, I'm sorry, I did something wrong, I'm sorry. And we're not sorry. Get to the heart of the matter. Matter. This is where God is speaking to you. you know, sitting in your living room, eating Cheetos. Yes, he's talking to you. He says, I want to help you deal with the sin. And, and, and what happens is, is he says, I want heart over sacrifice. And forgiveness is always dealing with the heart. If not, we move into another cycle that I call guilt and shame. And if you notice what, what is different about this is we, after confession, we take a direct route back to the sin. And, and this is a, I just got to tell you from, from experience, listen, this is a difficult place to live. Because what happens is my identity was sin. Christ entered the compassion, the mercy, the grace, the new creation, the, 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 the sonship and the family and the house of God steps in and takes over. That becomes my identity. My identity is now that of the righteousness of God because Jesus, who knew no sin, took on sin on my behalf so that I could be called the righteousness of God. And so my identity is not sin, but, but I'm wrapped in this confession cycle, this guilt and shame. And the enemy comes in and says, how can God love you if you keep doing the same thing? You keep circling the same cul-de-sac. And we get in this cycle like, oh man, why can't I do this? God, I'm sorry. And we go right back to, go right back to the same well. I mean, we, we pull bitter water out of the well. We get sick from it. We go to God, I need help. And he helps us. And we go right back to the same well. And God says, no, that, that cycle is going to wear you out. It's going to keep you beaten down. It's going to keep you missing the truth of the identity that Jesus died to give you. And something has to break that cycle. And that's to be free from the sin. That's what David is talking about. Listen to these verses. This is in 9 through 14. In verse 10, he says, renewing me a right spirit. What he's saying is that's, a, that's a, a cleansing. Set it right. It really means steadfast, which is unwavering, resolute, firm, fixed in a direction. <laughs> it's not turning around the cycle to go back into sin. It's a change of Direction. Uphold me in verse 12 with a willing spirit. Set me on a foundation of righteousness, is what he's saying. And he says, verse 13, I will share with others this freedom I found in Christ. What I've learned about freedom is free people, free people. I mean, when I experience a breaking of the cycle, I'm like, look, it's not that I can give you the formula for how to get it, but I can give you the who to get you there. 
And it may look different for you than it did for me. It may be different for me than it is for you. But the bottom line is God wants to get us to the same place. In verse 14, he says, deliver me, deliver me. It's deliverance that, that God is bringing in. And so there's that, that's the freedom. I don't have to be a slave to my sin anymore. I don't have to continue in the same cycle. And this new cycle, that one's broken and a new cycle enters my life. It's the freedom cycle. And the freedom cycle looks like this, is that, that I, I, I get aware of my sin, I move over into confession, and instead of continuing the circle around back to confession, to sin, that deliverance happens in there, and God changes a different path. I go in a different direction. Set me in a direction of freedom, God, and it moves me into this freedom cycle. And there's a repentance. There's a turning. I, I'm not going to go in the same direction. I'm not going to go back to this well. I'm going to go to a well that's living water that, that I will never thirst again when I drink from. And Jesus says, that's where I want to get you. I don't want you in the cycle of guilt and shame. I want you walking in freedom because it is for freedom that Christ set us free. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We don't have to keep going around the same cul-de-sac of the same sins in our life. We can move into a different pattern, a different cycle, a cycle that, that really lets us walk in. And what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit's working in that cycle. That as I move around freedom, the Holy Spirit's going to go, look, hey, hey, we got free from that one. Let's deal with this. And we begin to deal with these things in our life. I mean, we've got a freedom ministry that's kicking off in September. I'm giving you advance notice. As soon as you see the signups for that, get on it. The first time I went through the freedom ministry, God's dealing with me on stuff I'd had in middle school that I've been carrying and circling around that cycle, wearing myself out. It was scars that I was carrying and, 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 and just wounds. And, and God says, you know, that's not your identity. Break it. And David isn't just saying, forgive me. He's saying, set me on a different trajectory. Set me on a different path for my life. And look, I put a dotted line to sin because we're still going to fight sin. Freedom doesn't mean perfection. Because if it was, well, I'm walking in freedom and I'm better than you and I'm holier than you. No, you're not. You're just as broken as I am. You still fight the same flesh I got. But here's what happens. That becomes less and less. See, see, when we start walking in freedom, it doesn't mean we're sinless. It means we sin less. The Holy Spirit's awareness in us. We start to recognize things. No, 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 no. That's going to take me back into that cul-de-sac. Don't want to go there. That's a dead end. I don't want to go there. I know I can turn around, but I'd rather not go down that road. And we start to walk in some wisdom here. We start to walk in some, some freedom. And, and, and in this fight, we fight with the power of the Holy Spirit on our side where there's that conviction, where the Holy Spirit, I, I, ask, for, I ask God for pre-grit, pre-conviction. God, before I even start thinking about rebelling against you, would you pre-convict me? I mean, would you let, let, let me start? No, I don't want to feel guilt, but would you just let me start feeling like, hey, that's going to really be bad on the other side of that decision. Let me have some pre-grit before I have to deal with regret. And the Holy Spirit constantly brings conviction, but, but there's a difference, conviction and condemnation. Listen, those are two different things. Condemnation is what we live under outside of the grace and mercy of Jesus. That once we put our faith, our life, our hope, our trust, eternity, our past, our present, everything in the hands of Jesus, once we go all in for Jesus, then our identity is no longer under condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation does this. It perpetuates an identity of shame 
And the source of that is the enemy. And his goal is destruction. Conviction leads to repentance from an identity in Christ. The source is the Holy Spirit. And the goal is restoration and freedom. A different cycle, a different path, a different trajectory for our life. And we got to be honest about this. So wherever you're at, God's speaking to you. And he's saying, there's something in there that I want to deal with. There's something that I want to have a conversation with you about. And I want to help you get to this because Jesus secured the way for us to be forgiven and free through the cross. He took it on. He gave it all. And we got to get honest with him. As I was writing this message this week and listening to some music, the old hymn, It Is Well, came on. I love that. That verse, just, I had to go back and listen to it so many times. But it says, my, the, the, oh, the bliss of this thought, the freedom of this thought, that my sin, not part of it, but all of it, was nailed to the cross. And I don't have to bear it anymore. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul, it is well. And that comes from getting honest. We need honest people in our life. We, look, if you're struggling with this, get in our freedom ministry. I don't know what it's going to look like this fall. I know we're going to have it. Because people are going, in, they're, they're caught in these cycles. And I would just say this. God did his part. Let's do ours. May, maybe your declaration instead of the, the pastor you're watching is, oh, he's not talking to me. Maybe your declaration is, today, I'm breaking the cycle. Maybe you need to type it in in the comments. Maybe somebody out there needs to type it in the comments. Today, I'm breaking the cycle. Because God is speaking to us honestly that, that this, is, this is, a, is a place that we live and God loves us, but he says, I don't want you to stay there. I love you too much for you to re- keep wrestling with that and stay in that identity. And so let's make that declaration. Today, I'm breaking the cycle. And the Holy Spirit, you know, you know what he's saying? Come on, let's go. Because I got a whole different path to take your life. That's something to get excited about. That's something to engage with. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for forgiveness that comes through Jesus. We thank you for your grace and your great compassion on us. Have mercy on us, oh God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, I'm asking for you to pour forgiveness out. God, I'm asking you right now, as we get honest with you, if you're driving in a car right now or listening in an office, listening in a living room, listening live, listening right now, wherever we're hearing this, I'm praying that we get honest with you, and I'm asking you to break cycles of sin in people's lives. I'm asking you to break cycles of guilt and shame through the power of the Holy Spirit and the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. God, I'm asking for deliverance. I'm asking for freedom to come into to home today, freedoms to come into lives today. God, that, that when, we, when we sat down and we knew you had something to say to us, we hear what you're saying. And we come to you in an attitude of confession and say, forgive me, God. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. God, we're asking you 
through the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver us, to set us in a different direction, to set us in freedom for your power, for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at thecreekfw.com.